This is your mind, this is your life, this is your time, this is your life, this is your mind, this is your world. Yeah, I don't want to be difficult to think for yourself, think, think for yourself. How long has it been since you've had some time to yourself? Unwind with yourself, you can do anything. So don't you hide from yourself, be kind to yourself, intelligent, amazing. Welcome to the Replenish Me radio show on radio and YouTube, rather, um, where we share tips with accomplished women like Selma Jafari to give strategies on how to replenish yourself and find fulfillment and what you're doing while taking care of yourself. Please note that currently there is a contest going on, so subscribe comment on this interview and share your favorite part with your friends to be entered to win, win a free ticket to my retreat to Barbados. <laughs> I know we all want to Barbados. Exciting. <laughs> Exciting. So welcome to the show, Selma. Um, I'm, I'm so honored to be part of your Be the Mastermind um, group on Facebook and you're my inspiration for starting this YouTube channel. So um, tell me, how did you get started? Great. So thanks Cordelia for having me. Um, I started on YouTube in, I think it was late 2016. So it's been about a, a full year and then a couple of months on and off. Um, and I guess I started my main big reason was because my entire work philosophy is like, what can I do that enables me to work smart, not hard? And so how can I maximize the content that I'm creating? How can I make sure that I put in that effort once? And it just is so valuable forever out there, right? So I found that YouTube was a great way of standing out and also doing evergreen content that I could put out once, pour my heart into, put it out there for the world, for people to discover whenever they wanted to, whenever they needed to, however they needed to interact with it. Um, and I didn't need to um, be there necessarily, but I was there on video so they could interact with me and we could you know, form a, form a bond weeks, months, years later after that particular content has been released. So that was the attraction and the video part plus the search part combined. Yeah, I, I, I would actually agree with that because um, watching your videos is, I mean, you can actually go through, it's like taking a course, you know, and I, I do feel more of a connection with you, but now I like actually have a, you know, a, a real connection with you, but it was, I felt like we're old friends now, you know? Oh, <laughs> That's the thing about video. It's, it's, you can, you know, communicate so much more. You can be so much more you. So it's definitely a rich media format. Definitely. So with that, tell me above and beyond having your channel, you, you decided to start a be the mastermind. Well, you started a, a free Facebook group first, right? And then you even wanted to drill down even more. Why, how did you come up with that concept? So the Facebook group was basically to prove to myself that I could uh, 
have something meaningful to say that people would want to pay attention to because I didn't think that. So I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. Um, and so I'm just so super stoked and, and happy at the fact that so many people are joining and it's going really well. Then from there, I wanted to, you know, the decision was whether to make a lot of courses or whether to run a membership site. And uh, the reason I went with the membership site, so it's called Be The Media Mastermind. It's a video training academy, a monthly membership site. And the reason I went with that was that if you look at the model of courses, it's a lot of uh, work that you put in to create the course once, but then the rest is all promotion. So maybe you could take two weeks to create the course, but then for the next 12 months, you are basically promoting the course. And since promotion doesn't come very naturally to me, I'm a huge introvert, like a huge sales introvert. Um, so I wanted it to be something that made me more happier and comfortable. So I was like, okay, it's easier for me to do trainings on a regular basis and to you know keep on creating content and I don't need to always be selling because, um, you know, the ratio of in a membership site, uh, the ratio of creation to selling is almost 50-50 as opposed to a course where it would be like 10-90, you know. Um, so I just found that that model fit my personality better. And I just wanted to go with something that was a little bit out of my comfort zone, but not something that would inhibit me from actually getting work done. You know, that, that's a really um, interesting thought process on that because I, I actually thought your answer would be something closer to people don't do the work if they buy a course. <laughs> they, <laughs> like if they're in a monthly membership, they're a little bit more invested. Perhaps. And it's sort of ongoing. So you, you feel like, okay, like a lot of people, they feel, they feel like they're not doing it this month, but they're like, oh, but we'll catch up next month. So it, there's always a chance to um, get in, get aligned and do the work. And you feel like, okay, everything's there. The support is all there. You just need to, if you can't get in this month, that's fine. A month down the road or two months down the road, whenever you're ready. Um, versus a course, which would be more cut in like, you know, it would have like a deadline and that's it. And then if it opens again, then it does. But if it doesn't, then it's gone. So, yeah, yeah, that's because I right now don't have a membership site. And that's what I've observed with people in my courses is they will get to a certain point and then the time expires and then they'll ask for an extension. They're like, I didn't finish it. Yeah. So. yeah. And don't get me wrong. I've done courses as well. So like 2015, I took out a course, 2016, I took out a course, 2017, I took out a membership site. So I, I mean, it's not like I haven't experimented. I have. So maybe that's something you need to do. Try them both and see what works for you. Thank you for that. Yeah, I will look into it. Definitely. So above and beyond that, you're an international speaker and you're highly sought after. So how does that, how do you Where's do my crown? I think I lost my crown. <laughs> You know what? I'll it over here so I can. <laughs> <laughs> the way you introduced that, that was, that was like, crown worthy. <laughs> so how do you balance your mothering? I mean, your, your kids are still young, right? Yeah. So that's a really good question. Um, the first time I went out of the country to speak was when uh, it was in 2014 uh, when my youngest daughter, I have two daughters, my youngest daughter was two years old. And when I got this gig, I had to 
wean her off breast milk. Uh, I had a month to do that. Oh, no. <laughs> but since she was two years old, it was sort of the time. Yeah. And, and um, so I was like, okay, two years is like a nice long time. And I think now we, so that was um, the time. And then of course, how I do it is my husband helps to take care of the kids. And that's like probably the most essential part of uh, the support that I have. And I'm really lucky to have that. And he assured me that everything's going to be fine. Um, the kids are not even going to miss you, which I didn't believe, but which actually did happen, wow. which was pretty cool uh, because he kept them so busy. Like I, I remember right, right before going, I bought her a kitchen set and he's like, they stayed so busy in that. And then um, now when I go, they usually line up some daddy daughter things that they want to do together. And so instead of it being sad that mom's leaving, it becomes, yay, we're going to do X, Y, Z with dad, you know, so it becomes something to look forward to for them. That's beautiful. And that, that's really, um, that is a great way to set it up. I like how you said, instead of it being something sad, it becomes daddy daughter time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because so often we kind of inculcate that, that sense of loss without thinking about it. Right. Yeah. And that, that sense of them needing us, but you set it up as an empowering situation. And it helps that they're girls and they prefer their dad. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. For my I mean our, our family dynamics are that my two girls are best friends with each other. Yes, they fight. That's part of the best friendness. But uh, they do get along with each other as well. And they do a lot of things together. So I guess I'm really blessed and lucky in that respect um, that my family is, is uh, you know, supportive of me being able to do the work that I want to do. And it's not like I'm out that frequently either. Like I do try and pace myself. So for example, I'll do a lot of local gigs, but international gigs, I'll try and pace myself. So I have one coming up, for example, in March. Then the next one is in June. Then the next one is in August. And I'll probably schedule one for like the last quarter as well. And that's, that's good enough for me. And then there'll be like a lot of local stuff happening in the middle and, you know, lots of like one day type events where I'm just gone for like the day and stuff. So I think um, I'm not ready to go overboard with the speaking schedule just yet. And that suits me fine. And that works for my family. So, you know, yeah. That's beautiful. So my, my, I guess my follow-up question is, was, um, was speaking part of your original game plan for your business? Absolutely, yes. It was, okay. Um, yeah, and, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it's a really interesting reason because, as I said earlier in this interview as well, that I'm an introvert. Um, I get exhausted with talking to people. Then I need to have that, you know, me pajama time. Um, but being on stage is the only time when I don't have to fight for anyone's attention, I don't have to make people listen to me. They're there of their own free will, sometimes paid audiences. Um, they want to learn or they want to interact. And it's a, it's a great way for me to be able to um, talk about whatever I've learned and share that in a really, really uh, authentic way and know that the people in the audience are actually interested. Otherwise they wouldn't be there. So it's, I think that speaking is actually really great 
if you have an introverted personality. Of course, it's really great if you're an extrovert too, because you're like, hey, everyone's looking at me. Yay, <laughs> your center of attention. <laughs> but as an introvert, it's a great chance to get your message out without being interrupted constantly. Wow, I totally agree with that. Because I was wondering, I am an introvert also, and but I find that I enjoy speaking on stage. Right? Right? Right. Like, what's wrong with me? How is that even possible? <laughs> <laughs> it's a misconception right. that only really egregious people enjoy um, speaking on stage. I think introverts do a really great job and we, we bring so much more of ourselves to it because we're like, oh, we better, we better give, we better do a really good job. <laughs> right. So there's like internal pressure. <laughs> yes. Yes. But much more enjoyable. I totally agree with that. Wow. So let's talk about the business side of things. Sure. Um, so as a woman in business, <clears throat> what has been like the hardest thing that you've come up against? Oh, uh, without a doubt, my geographical location. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, one of my favorite authors, James Clear, he says that there's talent, there's hard work, and there's all the things that you can control. Right. And then there are things which are completely out of your control, the weather, uh, where you're based, where you are in life, that you the other outside external environment that you, you know, may or may not be able to change right now. So, for example, I, I live in Pakistan, which is in Asia, and we do have issues and problems that perhaps um, other places may not. And I'm constantly trying to figure out how to do business. Um, and I'm, I'm not throwing a pity party for myself or anything, but I'm just saying that it's a, it's a challenge. So for example, Facebook could get banned here for religious reasons. YouTube would get like shut down or something. Right. And so I, I've developed backups. Now we have proxies and we have VPNs so that I can continue to do business, but it's challenging and it's tough. Uh, payment processors. We don't have Stripe here. We don't have PayPal here. So I need to figure out a way to be able to do business not using certain companies or softwares. So that's a constant challenge for me at this stage until I can figure out um, a more long-term solution. Wow. Yeah, and people don't even realize that, you know, because a, a lot of the things uh, you talk about are not first world problems. And I, I really hate it when I see those posts, you know, um, like, what, what do they say? Oh my gosh, you know, like, I didn't get my avocado for breakfast today. Right. Or, you know, my Wi-Fi is not working. It's like Wi-Fi. Forget about that. Like lights are out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes because we have like, we have two backup generators. We have, um, uh, I mean, we need to. So the, the challenges here are different, but at the same time, I'm like, I need to have some challenge because otherwise it would be too easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, something has to drive you. You have to be like, oh, I need to solve this. I need to get over this. I need to do this. <laughs> you know? So I think the drive comes from the fact that something stops you and then you try and overcome that. So I think that's a very natural and uh, healthy part of uh, trying to run a business and trying to get ahead. So the challenges you presented, though, are not unique to you being a woman. They're just unique to you being in a different geographical location. Is there anything specific that you've come up against, like not being um, chosen for speaking engagements or something like this? Um, so, I mean, gender discrimination for me started when I applied for my first job. 
Um, and I interned at that company under a different CEO. And then I applied for a job at that company under another CEO. And uh, we had a really great interview. And at the end of which he said to me that I know your grandfather and I have a feeling that he's going to marry you off at a young age. And so therefore you're going to leave our company. And so therefore we can't hire you blunt to my face. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was like, really? Well, I'm going to show you. Um, I worked in the corporate sector for nine years after that while I got married. And I mean, I got married at the age of 26, which I don't think anybody thinks is like very young. Um, I had my first child when I was 31. So, um, you know, I, I stopped working in the corporate sector at that point, And I decided that I did not want to go back to nine to six. And then I had another baby and I was like, I'm unemployable now. I cannot work in a cubicle anymore. Like yeah. I just can't do it anymore. And I think that, you know, situations like that, sometimes when you look back like 10 years ago, they happen when you see them now in hindsight, thank God. Like, thank God it, I mean, I woke up and I realized what I really wanted to do. And all of these things happened in that particular order. And, you know, you really start to understand how the, the, the quote that goes that, you know, God has a plan and you have a plan, you know, so just, yeah, be okay. Like it's going to work out. (laughs) So when you look back at your life, you're really like, because, you know, when I had my, my, um, my first baby, when I found out I was pregnant, that same month, um, I was laid off from work. Oh. And that was in August 2006. So I, so I did nine years of corporate work, was laid off, found out I was pregnant. I was like, okay, this is a sign. You know? Right. This is a sign. I need to change something now. I don't want to go back to corporate. I've done that. I've experienced it. I'm ready to try something new and move on. So. Everything has been a lesson and it's been an interesting ride so far. I can't agree with what you said enough, you know, because a lot of times we think that we have to prove ourselves in corporate, right? And, you know, really show who we really are, but then we find out who we really are, right? Because we're gifted the opportunity. In your case, you know, you were laid off and... You found out you had conceived at the same time. So yeah, it was just, and then, you know, it was really funny after I built my consultant business, then the company that laid me off got back in touch and wanted to rehire me. Of course. Um, yes. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny how things turn out, but yeah, it's pretty cool. They didn't realize that what a good person they had in you until you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, who knows? (laughs) Well, the good, but it's good for the rest of the world because we're benefiting from this. And, you know, if all that hadn't happened, then I wouldn't know you and neither would your 5,000 plus uh, followers. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, you, you have to remember that when things change in your life and you can now, I mean, now that I'm in my forties, um, I've, I finally understood this point that when stuff happens and, and you're suddenly like, okay, I did not expect that you're thrown a curveball essentially, 
then it's basically just an opportunity for you to reinvent yourself. That's all it is. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, how can you work with this to step up? Like, what can you do to take that and go to the next level now? So it's, it's just a way of looking at, uh, at things in a more ambitiously positive way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're a very, very positive person. And I love that um, you said that when life throws you a curveball, this is just an opportunity to do something, you know, way more. Can I, um, can I actually say something about the, when you say you're a very positive person? Yes. Because what I used to do is that every time I would have a setback, I would immediately launch into, okay, what can I do now? Okay, action mode. Okay, how can I change this? You know, like, okay, I would always be like trying to move out of the situation way too quickly. And mm -hmm. I found that, that was a little detrimental because I never gave myself the chance to feel sad for a while. And I feel that in the journey, um, I do, maybe this might be just my personality, but I do need to grieve for a little while for something if I've lost it or feel sad, even if it's just a couple of minutes or maybe a day or it could be a week. It depends on the you know, severity of the issue. But I find that if I give myself um, the, the, the freedom, the permission to say, okay, I'm sad, this happened. I didn't really want, want it to happen this way. Um, I'm going to make a plan three days from now to move on. But for three days, I'm not going to do anything, you know? So I give myself that time now because now I think I understand that it's a process and moving on doesn't necessarily have to be my default setting. I can take some time and then move on. So that's been, it's kind of been a lesson that I've learned over the last few years only that I don't always have to have everything in control. I appreciate you sharing that because that's so true. I, I find that stillness, mm. it's, it's really a gift, you know, and like you said, just sitting in it, feeling into whatever it is that's coming up for you and not having to take action because sometimes the action is stillness, you know, um, at the retreat I went to in January, the yogi there, he actually was, there's a quote on his site. I can't remember it, but he said, sometimes the fastest movement is stillness or something like this. And I was like, right. And I was yeah. like, wow, that's so true. You know? And, um, it's like my husband says, less is less. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Deep. Um, <laughs> That's good. That's really good. I love that. So what would you say is like your, your deepest passion and, you know, the, and the gift that comes out of it that you want to really share with the world? Ooh. Okay. My deepest passion. Um, I think it stems from the fact that I have this huge need to impart knowledge, like, I love it when younger kids come up to me and they're like, why do you do video or what is SEO or how do you work this camera? Like, I would be like, all right, sit down here. Let me tell you all about it. <laughs> like, just give me the chance. <laughs> you know? So that's something that I love doing. And I have a lot of younger cousins 
who are in, uh, now they're getting into corporate world and they're graduating and they're like, so I just like, I, when we go to uh, social events and we have like an extended family, um, I never sit with the adults. They're so boring. Right. Politics and news and this, oh my God, this is what's happening in the world. I sit <laughs> with the younger lot who are like, charged up and excited and they want to know and they're like so uh, they call me Salma Abba, right Salma Abba, what do you so so how do you exactly work Instagram like what do you want to so what's your strategy there and then they'd be like okay I'm, I'm starting to bake cakes and I want to be like a chef so what, what would you recommend for me to do there right and then we'd get into strategy and we'd be talking about and not just marketing but like other like travel um, life lessons, parenting. Um, so I think that is my passion, being able to share whatever uh, my highly opinionated opinions are with an audience that is actually willing and receptive to hear them. So there was a part two to your question. Oh, right. So um, what's the gift? Okay. Yeah. So I guess you kind of gave what... Kind of answered that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that also. Wow. Yeah. I, think, I think one other part that does drive me, though, is the fact that my kids watch my every move really closely. Um, the other day, my five-year-old, my younger daughter, she said, um, Mom, you are a teacher, a video maker, and a babysitter. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was weird, but those are your top three things. I can respect that. <laughs> But they, they're really fascinated with, um, because, because we have a home studio, so they're often around when I'm filming, they're often around like when I'm doing interviews on um, the computer. And so they're really fascinated with uh, the whole process. So they watch me get ready. And sometimes they'd ask, oh, are you going to turn on the lights today? Are you, which mic are you going to use today? Uh, what are you guys, who are you talking to today? What are you guys going to talk about? mom, why do you like being on video? Like they ask me this one, like all the time. Right. So I think that for me being able to, um, just show them that I'm passionate about something and I go all out with it and that whatever they find that they want to do with their career, life passions, they can also, you know, find a way to do that. So that's, that's something that I really value because they're both very um, um, insightful, cute little girls. And of course I'm biased, but uh, I just, uh, that's the way girls are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of like having, having um, that thing where I, where, where they constantly ask me questions about my work, like all the time. And since my work is so finely intertwined with home life, so it's a very natural uh, progression of questions. You know, what are we having for dinner today? Who are you going to be interviewing? Right. It's like, very normal. <laughs> very normal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I was wondering, are you homeschooling or they go to school? I cannot homeschool. Oh my gosh. I can They don't listen to me oh. as a teacher. Like they... They just don't listen to me. Clean up your room. Yeah, we'll do it. Clean up your room. Oh, mom, five more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to, I have to, yeah, I can't homeschool them. So I send them to school because that's where they get the, the discipline. They learn the social skills. 
but at home we have a lot of fun together. Yeah, that's very important to have a delineation in place for everything. And you're right, girls are, I have four daughters, so they are very strong-willed, so, which is a beautiful thing, and you don't yeah. want to squash that for sure, so. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, especially not in the world they're going to be inhabiting soon. You want them to know how to how to just be themselves and, you know, fight for them. Yes, absolutely. So what do you have coming up this year? You said you're speaking somewhere in March. Where is that? So in March, I'm speaking at a Google Business Groups event, which is in a different city than mine. So I'll be flying out. It's... Uh, it's in the mountainous region of uh, northern Pakistan. So that will be my first time in that city there. Uh, it's, uh, it's a new program by Google, and they're doing it in March because March is um, women's Oh, right, month, women's history. Like, yeah. yeah, a ton of events that are happening around that point. So I think it's like, I think it's called Women in Tech something, something. So, so that's happening in March. Then in June, I'm speaking at Content Marketing Academy live in Scotland, Edinburgh. I'm really excited about that one. Um, and then um, the U.S. There could be two or three speaking gigs in the U.S. in August. I'm okay. trying to like bunch them all together. So I just have to travel once. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and then um, I'm not sure yet what's happening in the last quarter, but we'll get there. So, so that's happening. And then... Um, I also want to really grow the mastermind. So that's like one of my main priorities. And I think that that's going to be happening mostly in March because right now I'm doing the groundwork. So I'm redesigning my website. I'm refiguring out my marketing plan and just trying to lay the foundations for understanding how to get to the next level with that. Okay. So is there... Um... Are we going to share a link for the mastermind? Um, well, uh, if you want to sign up to receive information about when it opens, so that's salmajafri.com slash forward slash BTM, be the media. Okay. So um, that will basically sign you up to an email list to receive an update of when it's open again to join. So you can get on the wait list. So that's, S-A-L-M-A-J-F-R-I dot com forward slash BTM. Okay, perfect. And I'll have that with the podcast and with this video. Um, so people can get on the waiting list for that. Wow. So we've had uh, quite an interesting conversation today. I wanted to know, are there, um, is there anything that we didn't cover that you would like to share? So um, give, me, give me some context here. Do you want to talk about energy, replenishment, parenting? Which, which way, which direction do you want me to go in? Hmm. Let's cover all three of those, but let's start with okay. energy. Let's energy, start. all right. So um, I have days when I do shut off from communication and I don't always tell everybody you know, that I'm going to be off, except if it's like a paying client and they're expecting something or whatever. But I find that um, I have, I have a mild um, mood disorder, right? So my moods can vary, like I go up and down, I, I yo-yo a lot. So I have to keep that in check. But I also have to know 
when is a time when I need to protect my energy just so I can get back to serving my community. And that is a constant challenge for me, right? So I'm, I'm uh, still understanding how to do that, but I'm also giving myself more time to be able to be okay with a lot of things and take time to be okay. So I guess in terms of energy, it's like, I guess the lesson is that protect your energy um, because it's, it's going to drive your, um, your intellectual space, you know, for the future. So that's one thing. And the other thing is I have gotten so good, so, so good at blocking out toxic, toxic people. Like I did not imagine that I would be so good at this. <laughs> now it's like, cause, cause I, cause I used to feel a lot, right? I was like, Oh no, what if I hurt their feelings or give them another chance? And now I'm like, you know what? Let's not waste my time. Let's not waste your time. We're not going to do this. We're moving on. And so even if you read the description on my Facebook group right now, I don't do policing. I don't do warnings. I don't talk to trolls. I don't talk to spammers. I just don't talk to them. I'm like, it's one strike, you're gone. I don't have time for all of this BS. I just don't. You know, so in terms of energy, I think I'm, I've gotten really good at doing that. So <laughs> I love that, that, you know, and that is very huge because, um, I'm, I do local meetups and that's something that comes up in my groups all the time. Really? Yes. Women have a real big issue with just speaking their truth. And because of what you just said, what if I hurt their feelings? I'm like, what if you kill yourself because you're all worried about somebody else? Right. You know, I, I think politeness is overrated. Oh boy. Is um, it? I mean, yes, be polite, but I, I, I find that a better word is courtesy. Be courteous, respect your time, respect their time. And if it's not going to work out, move on. And um, I guess that's something that you have to learn. I mean, there's, I don't think there's a shortcut, really. There isn't. But that, I like the way you put it. It's, you know, if we perceived it as in the realm of protecting our energy, I think that the way we interact with people um, would change a lot. Absolutely. You can give a lot more to the people who you need to give a lot more to. I mean, it's just simple time management, really. At the, at the end of it, that's all it is. You only have so much time and so much energy. And I really do believe that your decision-making capacity gets uh, depreciated as the complexity of the day goes on. And in fact, I often tell my husband, he's like, okay, what shirt should I wear? I'm like, honey, listen, I don't have the brain power to deal with this. <laughs> Please make your own decisions. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes it just gets too much. And I'm like, no, I need to limit the number of decisions I'm going to make today. And a lot of people do that with, for example, clothing. Like they'll wear the same gray t-shirt or mm -hmm. whatever every day just to protect their, um, their focus and their decision-making abilities, which get eroded with time. Uh, yeah, that, that's a good point. That's something I actually learned from my dad. He had a uniform. So <laughs> there you go. Right? It's like, yeah. yeah. I so. want to get like a t-shirt with like a purple t-shirt with be the media emblazoned on here. Once I get that, then I'll be wearing that for all my video shoots. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I guess the other thing, I'm not going to get into parenting because even though I have six kids, 
I feel like parenting is a very individual thing and I don't like to go in that realm. Um, but I would like to touch on, um, managing, I guess we talked about managing energy. What about managing stress? Is it related? I mean, or because you've, you've reduced your decision-making, um, does that mean that you're less stressed? (laughs) So I think, uh, and I guess this would be individual for everybody, but the way that I de-stress is that I need, I'm, I'm a type A, I'm very logical. So I need to de-stress from A all the way to Z in a logical format. Okay, so this happened. So then this, so then this, so then this, and this is this. And the way that I need to do it, a couple of different ways. I can either write about it. Um, I will often tell my husband that, look, I need half an hour of your time. He doesn't need to present solutions to me. He just needs to listen so I can offload my, so I can think out loud. Once I'm able to think out loud, I often course correct myself and understand the problem from um, a higher perspective, right? Get out of my own mind, basically. Right. So it's like a stream of conscience, consciousness. So it's, it can take the shape of writing a journal. It can take the shape of sometimes what I do is I take my phone and I turn on the sound recorder, the mm-hmm. audio recorder. And I would just talk and do it. <laughs> you know, if I don't have a, somebody to actually talk to, I would just talk to my phone and I would record that. And I may never listen to it again, but just the, just the act of saying all the stuff that's bothering me and letting it go, like actually letting it go by releasing it in the form of words out there, like go out of my head, in my mouth and out, like yeah. get out. <laughs> So I think for me, releasing stress really takes a very physical form. Mm. I see it, I speak it, I write it, I talk it, and then I'm okay. I love that. So would you say those are uh, the main takeaways from our conversation today? Yeah, I mean, I guess for a business owner, um, there's always going to be stress. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be negative energy. There's going to be all of the things we talked about today. And so... How are you going to not just deal with it, but how are you going to prepare yourself for it? So have some go-to methods, like have some things that you try and maybe one of them works and it becomes your thing to do. When X happens, you do Z, you know, or so I guess um, all of these lessons are applicable to entrepreneurs, to um, people trying to run their own business, to people, even if you're an employee, you're in corporate and you know, you're trying to figure out how to get to the next step or what do you need for your life and how can you live a happier, more fulfilled version of you. So protecting your energy, understanding how to, um, you know, maximize your, your decisions, understanding how to uh, limit toxicity. All of those are relevant things for you to take away from hopefully our discussion today. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. I really... Appreciate your time and wisdom today, Selma. And um, I hope you have a, an amazing day. Thank you, listeners and viewers. Um, and don't, don't forget to share the favorite part of this video um, with your friends and to uh, subscribe and comment on this video. 
have an amazing. Oh, and I just want to say that Cordelia's uh, YouTube channel is going to blow up very soon. So don't come back crying later that you didn't <laughs> tell me, Cordelia. Okay, get on the subscriber list and get notified right now when she releases new videos because I think that with every new thing that she does, she's going to take it up a couple of levels. So you want to watch her. Thank you for that, Selma. <laughs> no problem. I believe it too. And it's the truth. You're right. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Cordelia. You're welcome. So bye. This is your time. This is your life. This is your mind. This is your world. Yeah, I'm gonna live it big. Did you got to think for yourself? Think, think for yourself. And how long has it been? Did you've had some time for yourself? Unwind with yourself. You can do anything. So don't you hide from yourself. Be kind to yourself. Intelligent, amazing. Don't just break free from the hill. Break free from the hill.